1: AM970 the Answer presents Eye on Real Estate. This is your premier source for real estate information from the hot properties in the tri-state to the latest real estate market trends, from mortgage news to answers to all your real estate questions. You'll be in the know with help from the experts. I'm
0: getting
2: closer to
1: my heart. call now. 866-970-9622. That's 866-970-9622. Now, here's your host for Eye on Real Estate, Douglas Elements CEO, Dottie Herman.
3: Good morning. Good morning and happy St. Patty's Day. Welcome to ION Real Estate. It's the only talk show on radio that's about real estate and everything that has to do with real estate. And of course, I've said this for 10 years or eight years, however long I've been doing this. Uh, real estate has to do with just about everything. We all want our listeners with questions and we want you to ask questions. And remember, when you ask a question, a million other people have the same question. They just can't get around to call or maybe they're a little shy still. But, of course, you can always email at Radio Show um, if you can't get to call. But we want you to know that you're helping a lot of other people with your question. And, of course, if you've had that experience or you've gone through something like that, we we want you as a community to call in and give us your advice on how you handle the situation. Um, That's how it works. We all learn from each other. So please call 866-970-9622. By the way, in honor of St. Patrick's Day, our research department found a copy. Now, you can't see this, so uh, it's not going to do you much good. But of the Feeney, Jerry, the Feeney... Family crest.
4: Ah, yes, descendant <laughs> of Irish kings. I'm sure. Okay, and it's
3: got you know you can't royal see royal
4: Feeny crest.
3: Yes. yes, and it's got three birds and three stars, and it's very good looking and handsome. <laughs> Does
4: it have an <laughs> insane asylum in the background? No, no. <laughs>
3: Jerry Feeny means warrior mm-hmm. or champion oh. in Gaelic. Mm-hmm yes okay so before i inter- royal roots, okay she- and before i introduce <laughs> she's ace skipping right here. over that no i'm not i'm showcase. not but i want to <laughs> tell you i want to first of all say hello to ace what is a suit Corp.
4: good morning guys Descendant of thai kings
3: yes he's a king <laughs> listen he's one of the i really and i always say this i'm not saying this to make him feel good or anything like that i tell <clears throat> everyone everyone i know If I had a bet on someone who's a millennial that I think is probably one of the most brightest, brilliant, it's him. And nice. And then i say to his family, well, you should be very proud of your son, but he's proud of you because you can tell when somebody has been brought up the right way and has great manners. And I think that counts. Um, Ace is vice president of Citizen Bank, and if you want to get a loan or refinance, Or if you need advice about getting a home equity loan, now is the time to give ACE a call at 866-970-9622. And you can get your questions answered by an expert in the mortgage field. Citizens Bank has this wonderful service called Robo Advisors. Get that? Robo Advisors. It's a digital investment advice based on algorithms that will generate an asset allocation program for its customers whether you've been building your wealth for decades or just getting started. I think I'm going to try it, Ace, and then I'll report back (laughs) to the show. Definitely. Okay, Citizens Bank is one of the nation's oldest and largest financial (laughs) institutions with $152.3 billion in assets. It's headquartered in Providence, Rhode Island. And Citizen offers a broad range of retail and commercial banking products and services to individuals, small businesses, middle market companies, large corporations, and institutions. And as I always tell you, it helps its customers reach their potential by listening to them and understanding their needs. And that's key. I mean, whether it's a doctor, whether it's a lawyer, whether... It's a financial advisor. I have to tell you, they could be the best in the world. If I don't feel like I have a rapport with them, Mm -hmm. if I feel that they're in a rush and like they're like okay, you know, and they're really not caring about me as an individual, I wouldn't use them no matter how good they are.
4: You gotta listen. You gotta listen to the client.
3: No, I think that's really important. I I don't feel like now, even if I hope, I guess some of them could be really good and not really. But but I really feel it's important for in a relationship for you to have a communication and for your your client, for your advisor to understand who you are and for you to be verbal and tell them your needs because everyone has different goals and needs. Everyone has different tolerance for risk. Some want no risk. Some want a lot. So I think it's important that they get to know you. Mm -hmm. Um, Citizens also provides an integrating experience that includes mobile, online banking, a 24-7, I mean, so it's 24 hours, okay, which is great, a customer contact center, and the convenience of approximately 3,300 ATMs at approximately 1,150 branches in 11 states in the New England, Midwest, and Mid-Atlantic regions, and of course here. Now, Happy St. Patty's Day, everyone! It's going to be wild, and uh, I think the parade's on Fifth day Avenue. So, if, unless you want to be in the parade or watch it, which is a wonderful day for a parade, it's just perfect out. It's a
4: beautiful day. Yeah, mm-hmm. and if you've never seen that parade, it is a
3: parade to see.
4: It's a great parade. It's
3: it is one parade. of the most widely celebrated holidays in America. Celebrated by everyone, not just yeah, the course. Irish. Yeah, everyone's Irish today. Yes, mm-hmm. everyone is. Uh, the New York City St. Patrick's Day Parade started more than 250 years ago on March 17, 1962. 17, excuse me. 1762, 14 years before, listen to this, the Declaration of Independence. Mm-hmm. The St. Patrick's Day Parade attracts millions of spectators and hundreds of thousands of marchers. You've, so if you're around, you've got to go see it. It's wild. Now I have to tell you some facts that we kind of looked up last night, which I don't know if you're even going to know, Jerry.
4: I, I know. I know <laughs> now, Go did ahead. you know
3: that St. Patrick, was he Irish?
4: No, he was not
3: Irish. Okay, answered right. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. In fact, he was from Wales. Yep, Welsh. He was Welsh, not Irish. The first St. Act. okay, we've said that, took place in 1760. Do you know that they used to wear blue on St. Patrick's Day?
4: I, I did not know that. No.
3: Okay, so at least he's honest. Okay, <laughs> listen to this. Just so now, when you're at St. Patrick's and everyone's bombed out of their minds, oh, that's a stereotype. But you it's not say just that. about drinking. Time. But but when you're out, I you know it's you can part. really say something that most people don't know. I didn't know this. It says for many years, blue was the color most often associated with St. Patrick. Mm. Green was considered unlucky. St. Patrick's blue was considered symbolic of Ireland for many centuries, and the Irish presidential standard is still blue.
4: Hmm, Hmm. okay. That's a new one on me.
3: Yeah. In Chicago, every year, the plumber's local 110 union dyes the river Kelly Green.
4: The dye lasts for about five hours. It must be
3: cool, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. At the White House, traditionally every year, the Irish leaders... Hand a crystal bowl at the White House full of shamrocks to the U.S. president. The shamrocks grown in Kerry are immediately destroyed by the Secret Service after the exchange. Hmm. I'm not sure
4: how. Well, I guess they have to regulate, you know, the types of uh, vegetables and things that come in there. I imagine it's a Waterford crystal bowl since that's the famous Ireland crystal. Right. But that's nice.
3: And uh, obviously sales soar on a lot of uh liquors. Well,
4: yes, I just... What's the most
3: eye famous eye. for the people who drink on St. Patty's Day, do you know?
4: Well, you know, Guinness, Guinness? Uh, beer okay. is a pretty so, traditional Guinness, beer. So yeah. Guinness,
3: which I've never had in my life. It's, it's gross. Okay, Guinness. Like
4: <laughs> <them>. It's gross. <laughs>
3: Sales soar on St. Patrick's Day, and recent figures show that 5.5 billion pints of the black stuff are downed around the world every day, and on St. Patrick's Day, that figure is doubled.
4: And uh, traditionally, it's drinking at room temperature, too. So it's, I've never had it's it. It's not delicious. Uh, no? I'm making a different type of cocktail today. Using
3: what do you make? Blue
4: Midori. It's a, it's a shamrock cocktail, but it'll come out green. I ran all over town. Apparently, this... Town up in the boondocks does not have blue curacao, which I have criticized mm. everyone. They know my feeling about that now. Um, but I put my corned beef and cabbage on. It's in the slow cooker, so mm. it'll be ready in 10 oh, hours. Oh, yeah, corned Sounds beef and cabbage. Yeah. I,
3: yeah, I like corned beef and cabbage.
4: Okay, well, come on over, guys. Yeah. St. Patrick's Day.
3: St. Patrick's my Day, house. you have to have fun. But well, you- mm-hmm. try to avoid, unless you, you know, like if you're trying to get across. Unless you're going to be in the parade, and I suggest you go see it. It's a great parade. I think it, it's running down Fifth Avenue, if I'm not mistaken.
4: Yeah, it goes down Fifth. Yeah. It is really one of the best parades in the city. I mean, lots of marching bands and, um, you know.
3: So consumer confidence, harder. you should all be happy, is at a 14-year high. Um, I have the night, Frank. We're, we're kicking off our night, night, Frank. Douglas Elliman's Wealth Reports. Uh, So I won't give you all the secrets, I think, because we're kicking them off, I think, Wednesday, right, Wednesday? Yeah, Wednesday. Um, But the world's population of ultra-rich is growing. Uh, New York City, this is from the Knight Frank Wealth Report, which I'm giving you a few sneak previews. Next week we'll cover it in full. Um, New York City has the highest concentration of those earnings, $250,000 plus a year, per Knight Frank.
4: Highest concentration in the country or the world?
3: Well, I'm assuming when Knight Frank does um, the wealth reports, they they do the world. for the world. Okay, but I mean, I'll double check, but I'm assuming that they wouldn't just do the U.S. The world's population of ultra-rich is growing, and their real estate investments are pushing up real estate prices in cities from New York, China, all over. According to Knight Frank's wealth report for 2018, there were 2.5 million people with assets of $5 or more last year. Okay, that's up 9% compared to 2016, and up 20% compared to five years earlier. So five years yeah. earlier would leave us in 2013. Yeah, So that's pretty big, 20%. Yeah, that's a big jump. Yeah, that's a very big jump. As for those with $50 million or more, now that's mm. a lot of money.
4: It's like the ace crowd. Mm-hmm.
3: <laughs> they were up 10%. They, they they had a 10% jump in 2017. and. And eighteen percent higher mm-hmm. than two thousand and twelve. So there were more people, a lot more people that made over that have they're over. joining that club. Yeah, that have over fifty million in assets. Mm-hmm. The world's demi billionaires. Okay, demi. Okay, so the, of course, demi's small, isn't it? So they're I guess like, so. So demi billionaires like yeah,
4: half a, a billion. No, yeah, it's heavy.
3: A demi, a demi billionaire. A demigod
4: is a partial god. So yeah, partial billionaire. Okay.
3: Okay. They're a partial billionaire. They're not really there yet. Right. Okay, I don't feel too bad. You know, you're not <laughs> yeah, bad. Yeah, don't cry for them. Okay, <laughs> okay. The demi billionaires, or those with five hundred million, okay, or more. <laughs> so you know, you're Very not a, you're not a billionaire, but yeah. you know, a, sad. You're only a demi. Mm-hmm. Those okay, they numbered six thousand nine hundred. Of them in 2017, which is up 11 percent from 2016, and 14 percent up since 2012. So that population is growing. Mm-hmm. In the U.S., New York is home to the most to the most high net worth individuals. defined as households earning 250 thousand or more a year, with 1.167 million hefty earners that wow. was almost double wow. the figure in los angeles okay so listen my friends and our douglas Elliman friends in la who i love we were just there for their awards
4: mm-hmm.
3: uh, and i do love la mm-hmm. i think we still have it over here in new york
4: Well, no, clearly I, I know you're trying clearly to catch up you. but
3: <laughs> we are okay they new york and la were fo- that so new york was first la was second and that was followed by sh- chicago
4: Probably San Francisco isn't up there.
3: San Francisco's next after Chicago. Uh-huh. Okay. Okay, so they're all...
4: Well, San Francisco's a smaller city, I guess, so... Yeah, but, mm-hmm. and,
3: but Chicago is one of my favorite places. It's kind of small enough to be a little small-townish. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know...
4: They feel, yeah, they're... They, it's, it's more Midwestern
3: in a way. I can't explain. I, yeah. I love Chicago. They I NBA, think it's so great. It's just really a little be. cold for me. Yeah. Freezing there. Okay, the U.S. remains a safe haven, although... When you know, you read the papers and of course they spin things where they spin them. And if you read the papers it's kind of oh the luxury markets, blah blah blah, not what it was. It is very good. It is steady Eddy. And you know what you really want in real estate, unless you're you know, you bought something and you think you could sell it in a year, you want it to be steady. You don't want high if you get really high peaks, you're going to get all really high val- low valleys.
4: Yeah, it means it's uh, you're going to have a crash. Yeah, probably. So know, the
3: U.S. still remains a very safe place for foreign buyers, and we hope it stays there. Uh, who spent 153 billion dollars on U.S. property between April 2016 and March 2017? But they're also snapping out properties elsewhere and pushing prices up in cities in China. And, uh, you know, and um, Cape Town, and Aspen is really, we have an office in Aspen, and really, for, a, which is another great city. I just don't like taking that little plane over. Uh, but, um, <laughs> you know, that's gone up. And New York's prime pri- pri- New York's prime prices grew up 4.6%. So Night Fright, who does uh, probably the best research I've ever seen. Um, and you can go online, I guess it should be out after Wednesday and you can go on the Douglas Sullivan website and find uh, the copy of the night Report. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, Knight Frank's projections for the next five years shows even more wealth accumulation.
4: Well also with the uh, you know the federal estate tax changing dramatically, um, I think you're gonna see generational wealth increase too.
3: All right, but I only did the mini billionaires, or the demi.
4: The demis. the demis. I'm up
3: to the, okay, The population for those with 5 million or more is projected to jump 43% by 2022.
4: Mm, Now, that's a lot. That's That's a lot. 5 million is a lot of money.
3: You better better say that again. Well, you know, and I think sometimes I... I think sometimes people get jaded because they're around a lot of people sometimes that make a lot of money and they don't realize it's such a small percentage of the population.
4: Well, I think in New York City, it's easy, too. You know, you talk about, oh, they're they're buying at the low end. They're only buying a $2 million apartment. You know, in and reality, then you, then that's you, then, a lot of money. And then
3: you'll have someone else who can afford yeah. 750 and they're like, I'm so poor. Yeah. Like, it's so, look, like, at <laughs> yeah. they're crying to me. And I'm like, please, that's most people can't afford seven. Don't look at these, I mean, that, you know. That's still a big number.
4: We do we do parking spaces now that are three four hundred thousand. Sometimes I know so it's crazy. Numbers are crazy, but there's also affordability too.
3: Okay, know. currently so, yeah. though, North America is home to the largest share of the super rich, with thirty four percent of the world's wealth concentrated here. Hmm. Okay. But that is changing. You have to keep uh, over the p- past five years, the number of ultra wealth- wealthy individuals in Asia jumped thirty seven percent. And in Europe, increased 10%. So regions that saw decline in the ultra-wealthy, there were a few regions that saw decline.
4: South America, maybe?
3: Russia and Latin Mm -hmm. America. And the Caribbean.
4: Oh, the Caribbean. Russia? Those people have hundreds of billions of dollars. Everybody's the oligarchs No, but you
3: know even even as far as I mean I don't want to stereotype because I don't have the exact numbers, but I remember when a lot of Russians were coming to New York.
4: Yeah, there was And a lot I of
3: don't money. see that I mean I'm not saying they don't, right. but I don't see as many, but again, I don't have a scientific uh <clears throat> prognostics. Yeah, it's that I it's take,
4: anecdotal, so. but I see I still see a lot of Chinese uh, money. A little less Definitely. Indian money, but there's a lot of very wealthy people in India also. Definitely. Yeah.
3: And that's, again, let me just give a lesson to the world. I always say, and I grew up on Long Island, so I'm not a innate. I just say living in New York, although sometimes it can be a little claustrophobic, uh, is a lesson for the world because I kind of think we live in a world that needs to be a little kinder and nicer and more considerate of people and their differences of opinions. Everyone lives there every race, every creed, every nationality, every language is there, and people that make nothing, people that make billions, and New York City is relatively small. It's a vertical city, but Mm -hmm. it's not wide, Mm -hmm. and everyone just gets along. I mean, everyone Mm -hmm. just kind of, everyone accepts everything. I mean, there's nothing you could look at in New York and say, oh my God.
4: It's by far the most diverse city on the planet. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Culturally. And,
3: and, and I don't think anybody really gets upset about any, what everyone's doing or thinking. And so I think it's a good lesson to learn.
4: Can, oh, Dottie, do you hear the music Irish Rovers?
3: What kind of music is that?
4: Is that what they said? <laughs> <laughs> kind of is Irish Rovers. What's smoother and sweeter than that sound?
3: Well, that is nice to have Irish music. That's nice. Of course. We're going to talk about home prices that are increasing twice as fast as income growth. Right after our commercial break.
1: It's I on real estate. Got a question? Call 866-970-9622. Here's Douglas Elements CEO, Dottie Herman.
3: We're back, and I hope that you call us, 866-970-9622. Even though it's St. Patty's Day, I hope you're not drinking yet.
4: No, it's too early.
3: Wait a little bit.
4: Hey, Dottie, okay, do otherwise you won't. Know the... Oh, they start they early. The
3: That's like, like, Jerry, when we used to drive here, when was that Whether we'd see the walking around? Oh, the Santa around? Claus
4: thing. Uh, at, at, we would get here at 9 a.m., and they were already staggering drunk. Yeah,
3: yeah the there, was, there was a day, like, when yeah. the San, everyone gets dressed up as Santa and they yeah. go to all the bars, and the bars open like an... <laughs> At the wee hours of the morning
4: we, I want to do that someday It looks like fun actually. Yeah sure like if fun. You can
3: stand up <laughs>
4: I have a question for you guys Before you start your next subject Do you know what you call An Irishman sitting on a couch An Irishman sitting on a couch
3: It's better be good What? It
4: better be good Jerry Patio furniture Patio furniture huh. patio Oh patio furniture Oh patio
3: furniture Okay Not well. bad
4: Not bad Jerry
3: We'll give it. Uh, come on, a C plus. That, that I'll be <laughs> minus, all right, I'll be generous. That was good. Patio that was good. furniture. That's cute. It's kind of cute. You have to say it with that English brogue.
4: Well, I'm not. My Irish brogue is lost. By the Irish,
3: I said English. I said Irish.
4: yes. We'll forgive you this one time.
3: <laughs> okay. So anyhow, just so you know, major that that the economist, the real estate economist, a major constraint in the housing market, and you might have heard some numbers that were not too good, like Jonathan Mills' report that like, oh, I don't know, but not good. And somebody goes, why do you say that? Well, I didn't mean it that the real estate market's not good. I probably should have explained it better. The reason the numbers aren't as good as they should be is because we have no inventory to sell. Okay? The main constraint in the housing market across the United States of America, not just in the New York or the tri-state area, is the lack of supply. That's driving now the lack of supply, supply and demand. When the demand is more than the demand is greater than the supply, then what that brings prices up. So that's driving home prices higher and adding insult to injury for home buyers with stagnating earning power. Now the jobs are up, so let's let's be happy that the job market has really shown big progress and now we have to get the wages up a little bit higher. I don't think that the wages have really kept up so uh, but, you know, you can't get everything all at once, so at least, a, at least people are employed. Uh, the appetite for housing comes even before the peak of the millennial generation, which re- is first-time homebuyer age. Well, they are at first-time homebuyer age. I'm sorry to disagree with the economists. Uh, the lack of inventory main headwind in the housing market is really, and I've been saying this for a long time, lack of supply. Okay? Americans, and of course, wage growth and down payments. All right? Now, because millennials do want to buy homes, but they—they they, we're going to talk a little about down payments later on in the show and what you can do to help get a down payment, or, the, or we'll talk with Ace about maybe you don't need the down payment that you think you need. Uh, I've got some very interesting Controversial ideas on whether you should put a lot of money down or you shouldn't put a lot of money down, um, and we'll talk about that. And um, so, I the housing market looks good. So if you're seeing that the numbers are lower, like there's less sales than there were, it's not because people don't want to buy. It's because there's not a hell of a lot of, lit, you know, there's not on the market because there's low inventory and that's everywhere and you think it's bad here I was at a CEO conference not too long ago and God in some places it's it's really really bad
4: so everybody's reporting the same thing yes Hmm.
3: everyone okay now you'll hear about these big 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 multi-million million million dollar things that are really not selling for example in Alpine New Jersey which is a great neighborhood in New Jersey uh, it's called the Stone Mansion. First came on the market in 2010.
4: Big homes up there.
3: Okay. The home is a 42 room <laughs> including a ballroom, all right? <laughs> wow. The 30,000 square foot palace and if you can figure how big that is, I can't even it, That's it's
4: crazy big. That's
3: a Was huge the house. most expensive listing in the Garden State, okay, of New Jersey. With a 68 million dollar price tag. Now that was in 2010. Mm-hmm. The property had lush gardens, a 65-foot saltwater pool, tennis jacuzzi, large pool house, a motor court for 11 cars, an underground basketball court that could be converted. <laughs> wow. Now, eight years later, like that. <laughs> okay, that was in 2010. That. Eight years later, it was still sitting there.
4: Yeah, who's going like like I mean,
2: main- to live like that? Like, people don't want to live
3: like that. maintenance
4: no. on that, that's oh, – And the, like now
3: a- the price has been cut by $30 million what happened
4: yeah, yeah. and incredible
3: well, as the house was it just weren't bodies, willing to pay more than 50 dollars for a home 50 million dollars for a home in alpine and i really don't think people really
4: they don't live like
2: that
3: live H- like that you use 30,
2: square feet of space oh it's
4: crazy i was back at gloria crest yesterday you know the house in englewood that gloria swanson lived in when she was joseph kennedy's mistress and i met the owner very nice guy and um he lived there with just his wife and two kids, and that's a 20,000-square-foot house. Well, see, that's why
3: was, they stayed married, probably, right? Yes, because they, never because they didn't know where each other was.
4: Separate wings. Yeah, right. <laughs> but, uh, and I predicted. I said, what, did you need a staff of six to run this? And he said, yes, eight eight in this season when the gardens are up. You know, those houses need huge staffs. Yeah. I mean, just you know, just a vacuum it it takes all day. Yeah. I can't imagine. Now,
3: that Playboy Mansion in Los Angeles, for instance, was listed for $200 million. And it sold for hundred and five million. So if you I've I do not know who bought it, but I mean you could say what a what a deal I got. <laughs> I yes. Saved hundred million dollars.
4: Nostalgia associated okay. with it too. A
3: thirteen thousand square foot home in Greenwich, Connecticut, which was first listed for twenty five million, sold recently for nine point six five million.
4: Still so, a huge house, thirteen thousand yeah, dollars. No, but geez. what
3: I'm telling people is you also have to look at what people's want what what's in, like in other words, those big Grandiosa, you know, they're not as big as they, it's not as big for people as yeah. it was. Yeah. I'm not saying people don't like nice houses, but, uh, so well, the, if you, and when you have to price a home like that, you know, and it's comes to mind, you know, how I've had them, and they're like, okay, so <laughs> mine's not like anything else, and there's no comps to price them. In other right. words, you can't find another house, to price it Mm -hmm. to kind of show. So it's a unique house, and the owner just comes up with a number. And they go, yeah, that's what I want because that's what I think it's worth. And when you wait about 30 days and you see no one's bitten, Mm -hmm. well, I mean, yeah. So, you know, it's hard to price those. And again, I never want to say something's never, you know, anything's possible, but kind of look at the higher prices in the area that you're looking. And if you're like $20 million higher than that, I think mm-hmm. you might have to do a price yeah. adjustment. And,
4: and the next buying generation, of millennials, is definitely not into those definitely huge not into. It, I can tell you. they're yeah. they're in a smaller, right?
2: Smaller okay,
3: market ladies, market. I have good. I want to tell ladies, is this is for ladies only, okay. okay? And if enough of them move there, then I guess men might want to mm. follow. Where the best place for women to move is? I don't think it's New York City. I have to tell you, but uh, I didn't even read this yet. But you're not okay.
4: Is the best place for them to move in if they're hoping to meet a a man? Is that it?
3: Well, I don't think it's only about men, Jerry. I think it's about you know jobs and you know you know men are in there in the mix, Mm -hmm. but I don't think it's only about that. Um, And actually, now I have been here once or twice in my life. Um, I know it might be the best place for women, so um, but I won't be one of the pioneers going there.
4: where? I'm in.
2: I Minnesota. See. We've been there what? together, Dottie. Min- Minnesota. Yes,
3: we were. Yeah. Ace Minnesota? and I were in yeah. Minnesota. And wow. I have to tell you, we arrived late at night. We yeah. met all of our processing people what, what one oh, time. Okay. Yeah. And we, I, we had, I, Ace, you might have met them already, but yeah. I didn't. We had dinner with them. They were the nicest people. Yeah. And they all came to New York, Minnesota. Minnesota. Okay, the number one state for women, according to a new report by wow. Wallet Hub. Now, I'm not, I am I haven't researched Wallow Hub to see, you know, whatever, mm, we'll but that's Google what that they say. And Minnesota was named the best state for women in the United States and earned the highest score in metrics tied to economic and social well-being as well as health and safety categories.
4: Minnesota? It was actually really yeah. nice, Cherry. Well, okay. Minnesota is kind
3: of a wholesome state.
4: <laughs> do, <you laughs> do I want to live it's there? It's 20 degrees below zero
3: in and May. It, cold. Cold. It, it is cold. So it is cold. Right, years but it's cute. It's
2: queen and cute.
3: It's Okay. Wallet Hub Why is it so good for women? Tell me Okay, listen, so I'm telling you ladies Minnesota, but I would suggest you rent first Don't buy right away
4: (laughs)
2: Stay in a hotel for a
3: week Get used to it Um, Wallet Hub ranked all 50 states And Washington, D.C. Which
4: is not state
3: Is a base site focused on Credit improvement advice and other personal Financing guides the U.S. News and World Report best state rankings recently placed Minnesota second in the nations behind Iowa. Iowa ranked, Iowa ranked ninth in Wild Hub's review. Louisiana, sorry, Louisiana, ranked as the very worst state for women to live in. I wonder why. I don't know.
4: I mean, what, is their, what are their Well, there's the
3: Mardi Gras. You,
4: yeah, I mean, Louisiana is a lot of fun.
3: Yeah, but when people go to Louisiana, they kind of go to New Orleans and things of that yeah. nature. So I don't know the don't rest know of, I don't know, I don't know the rest of, Louis- I, you know, that's all I've been to that part.
4: Yeah.
3: I'm Minnesota in ranked second in the report for the highest median earnings for female employees behind Washington, D.C. So Washington, D.C. ranked number one for female employees as far as how much Washington. they earn. And Minnesota number two. So um, that's, an, okay, I have more things. And you're but, cutting but, me off with the commercial at the wrong time. Yeah, but okay?
4: my Irish eyes are smiling, but, Daddy.
3: I know. You should, but you but you I should like do that a so, duet so, But this. I would like a little bit more upbeat.
4: It's very soothing. Well, there are different versions of this. Yeah. This is the funeral version, I think. They <laughs> so. <laughs> so,
3: women, we must continue <laughs> to stand up for equality and inclusion at all levels in our state, including equal pay for equal work, protecting. You know I'm very big on this. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're doing a good job. And anybody who's got a voice. Okay? We don't want anything more. I don't think that women should be treated better. I think they should be treated equally. And so those states come and guess. Now here's the top and bottom on the list. Ten places for women to live. Number one, Minnesota. <laughs> Number two, Massachusetts. Three, Vermont. Four, North Dakota. Five, Wisconsin. Six, Maine. Seven Hawaii, actually Connecticut. You made number eight. Mm-hmm. Nine Iowa, and ten New Hampshire. Iowa. Yeah, After the break, place. I'll tell you the worst.
4: That was a Danny Boy, not Irish. Price. Okay.
3: I knew that, yeah. We'll be right back.
1: It's I on real estate. Got a question? Call 866-970-9622. Here's Douglas Elements CEO, Dottie Herman.
3: We're back, and I'm going to make you guys so smart with so much data. You know, just kind of throw it out there. Okay, but anyhow, just for the women, again, I don't know how they, they... This is not about men. This is just about wages. It's about overall living for women. And, of course, men are included in that, but the bottom places to live would be Texas, Georgia, Nevada, West Virginia, South Carolina... Alabama, Oklahoma, Mississippi, Arkansas, and Louisiana. I don't know why. I'm going to try to look it up and find out why. Louisiana the very worst place for women. I have no Mm, clue why. Really? So we will try to look it up. I'm just curious why that would be. So that's my data for today. Other than to tell you, I'll just make this quick. I don't want to give you too much data. I don't want you to be driving and to fall asleep. But... Elderly in the U.S. are projected to outnumber children for the first time. It, it, this will hit within the next 17 years. The nation's aging has accelerate, accelerated as baby boomers move into their seniors years. They're living longer. People over 65 years old will, will outnumber children by 2035 for the first time in the history of the U.S. Wow. How do you like that?
4: Everyone's living longer. Who's going to take care of them?
3: Well, I don't know if their children are. You know, I really. Are they the millennials? I don't think their children really. Some of them, but I. Like yeah. Ace daughter will told the millennials. Me, you know, take what my daughter told me, what? just give me the money, you know, and I'll put the wing on. Oh, you know, she'll take care of it. With me, all, I gave her the house. Okay, so I said, oh, she'll put the wing on the house so that you. Yeah, she said, and then you know, I I'm a teacher. I don't make so much money, so you know, you will just have to give me the money for the help. Right, takes so, care so, you. And so I said, them. Well, really? So I said, Well, you mean you're not gonna do anything? She said, No, of course I am. I will be the supervisor. Yes. So I said, Really? I so said, Well then you know character. what? I think I'll try my take my chances and go on my own. I'm get <laughs> I said so she said, Well, you'll get ripped off. So I said, What do you mean I'll get ripped? She said, Because you'll be senile and they'll steal everything from you. I said, but I won't care anymore. So it won't matter. <laughs> right?
4: I won't know that I have. I won't even so.
3: know. <laughs> okay. And again, just is just to make a point. I mean, this doesn't happen every day. But remember how Jerry and I always tell you that if you are in a homeowner's situation, uh, if you are buying something in a homeowner's association, where there might be single homes, but they are—it's a homeowner's association—you have to look at the rules. Before you buy, so you know if you can live with them or not. Mm-hmm. And they're homeowners associations all over. They usually you own the you own the house or the apartment, but there's certain common things. Well, to show you how they can take it in Missouri. In Missouri, um, family threatened with jail time for putting up purple playgrounds in their yard.
2: Jail and,
3: time. Yeah, jail time. And the Missouri family said their homeowners association is threatening them with jail time after they refuse to take down their purple playground equipment. Mm, so bizarre. in homeowners associations, a lot of times you can't paint houses. Like, they'll have certain colors. Like, mm-hmm. for example, if the colors are white, gray, beige, they probably don't want a hot pink house in the middle of there. Yeah. So they try to have some uniformity. And so you have to read that. The homeowners association sent letters demanding the Purple Playgrounds removal. And the letters said that if they didn't remove the swing set from the subdivision, they would all go to jail.
4: Go to jail.
3: Yeah. Well, that's pushing it. So you know,
4: I, I, I'm guessing the part of the story here that's missing is perhaps a judge might have ordered them already <laughs> to take this down, and their refusal would be contempt of court. But, I mean, a homeowners association can't send you to jail.
3: Well, yes. Yeah, sh- you know, see, that's the attorneys that we always want to have them on. I guess that's probably part of it. They probably got some kind of a ruling already.
4: And the judge wants to be obeyed. And the way a judge gets obeyed is says, well, you can sit in jail until you obey me.
3: Okay. I just want to give you, before we talk about millennials and we talk about how to save for a down payment, a lot of you listeners have asked that we find a resource about senior living. Like where you, you know meaning you're fine, but you mm-hmm. you know you, you've come to a certain age, you want to buy these apartments. So uh, I've been meaning to do this, but and I will put it uh, on our website and I will have an app in the App store that we're just completing Ace and myself and Jerry. Mm-hmm. Uh, I it's, it's, it's up, but it's not really finished, but we'll put things like this on so you can get it. but it's nyc.government.com. And that's the web address if, you need, if you're looking for affordable senior housing. Affordable senior housing is nyc.gov.com. Your best resource to locate all affordable housing in New York City is there. Okay? So that is, and I think I have another one for you. Hold on. And then then the guides include explanations of the different type of housing, and they also list appropriate borough contact information for adults' homes in the Bronx, Manhattan, Brooklyn, Queens, and Staten Island. Another excellent resource is called A Place for Mom. Now, you might see Joan Lunden do those commercials. I think she does them. Mm -hmm. And they're a free referral service with over 20,000 national providers and they provide information in all sorts of ways, including housing, over 55 communities, which are not necessarily, well, 55 is considered senior, but they're not, you know, usually these are just over 55. They they don't have facilities that take care of you, but then they have other facilities that you might, adult daycare, if you need someone to come in and take care of uh, alzheimer's and dementia and i had that with my dad and i can tell you god help you if you have a family member or a father or parent that gets that in the beginning it's okay but you are going to need 24 7 help eventually so they have a they have alzheimer's and dementia care assisted living communities where some people may need some assistance not a lot but some the catholic senior le- living um christian home care independent they have everything so it's a place for a mom and uh there re- that's a good referral service to look for and then and, and that will give you a re- like that will give you an idea of what kind of care you need for a parent and even if they're at home with you you sometimes need someone to come mm-hmm. in so um those were those were some of the uh things that I wants to tell you because I think we had a lot of calls or emails about that. Okay, Ace, what's the yes. interest rate?
2: Ooh, interest rates are right around four and a half percent, Dottie. So still not too bad. Uh, still very low, but it has creeped up. So we're looking at four and a half percent. They are looking to increase I guess the prime rate possibly three times this year. Alright. But we'll Ace- see.
3: I was. We were asked this question, and yeah. I don't know if it's a fair question to ask because the question is if to you, and it's Ace. What do you think of this advice? These are things you shouldn't tell your mortgage broker. Now, <laughs> I don't know if that's don't a good question to ask. Ace. What should
2: you not tell your broker? But huh? you know,
3: this is what they're saying, and so yeah. this was an article somewhere. So, uh, someone asked to ask Ace, "Is this true?" and
2: it's not true. Okay, uh, so I'll, I'll, I'll tell you guys that right now.
3: Okay. It, it's not. Okay? So don't believe it. But it, what they say is don't show your entire resume. Present stability. Like a steady income is what banks look for. Yes, but they're going to check it out.
2: They're going to check it out and they're going an to find out. Right?
3: So, <clears throat> so it, it's better
2: you- to get all all of the skeletons out of the closet in the beginning so that the banker can help structure the deal. Yes. And you don't want to leave anything you know, and, left and, untold. Right? And maybe
4: pick a product that's more.
2: Exactly. Okay. But I, you yeah. know what?
3: Now that I'm reading this article, I think that they say it to this call, who the, the person who emailed this, they're really trying to say, they're really telling you what to do. They're not mm. saying you shouldn't. For example, it says, a steady income is what banks look for, which is true. Yes. So although it is not uncommon for people, especially young professionals, to switch jobs every couple of years, it would be advantageous not to highlight every move to your lender. Well, that's fine, except your lender is going to check the job.
4: But they'll ask does, you. But
2: it doesn't so, matter, right? If you had Somebody,
3: twi-
4: as long as they're gainfully employed, as if they going to switch jobs every year for the last ten years, right? It's still
3: no. Mortgage lenders want to see a clear path to repayment. They don't want to see someone like twenty five jobs in two years. They want
2: to see consistency. And if you if you're in the same lo- same line of work, then it's okay. But if, it's, mm-hmm. if you're changing different lines of works, then that just shows instability. Right? And
3: that's so. why we tell you, even if you're not ready to buy a house, but you think you might be buying something in the next year or two, you really should speak with ACE or one of ACE's uh, people that work at Citizens so that you can get an idea of what's important so that you can qualify. Don't show you. Know, they say don't show you an experience. Well, if you're 25 years old or 27, I don't know how much experience you mm-hmm. could really have. Okay, most people don't go into applying for a mortgage knowing everything there is about interest rates. But it just tells you that you should kind of know more. I think you should talk to the mortgage broker and find out the different vehicles Mm -hmm. in the mortgage uh, industry that you could take advantage and the benefits and the pros and cons. And, you know, for one person, an adjustable is a great thing. For another person, it's not a good thing. So it's there's no one fit. One size fits all, so that's why it's good to talk to your mortgage person and speak to ACE. Don't ex- disclose, it says, expected life changes. So, often borrowers will reveal they are expecting a new position within their company or they have a new child on the way.
2: Yeah, that that, I mean...
3: Well, I don't think, look, if you're going to be in the same company and you're going to be employed by the same person, obviously... I don't think you have to mention it, okay, unless, I mean, then if you did mention it, I don't think it's a big deal, but truthfully, if you're going to get a mortgage, don't switch jobs around if you can help it because they don't want to see that. Correct. And they don't ask you, are you pregnant, are you having, a, is your wife pregnant now? They don't ask that question, no, so no. I don't really need, that, you don't have to volunteer. It's not lying, it's, I don't think that they, they don't, they don't ask that question. And it's I
4: don't good. think they could use it even if you did offer that information. Correct. It would be entirely inappropriate.
3: Yeah, and don't commit to a specific rate. Would you say that without doing research, or what do you think, Ace? Would yeah, you...
2: I would. I, I would definitely look into the rates. Um, you know, just to check to see if there's any points involved. You know, really do your research, do your due diligence, and you know what? You know, the the greatest, I guess, tool that we have today is the internet, right? So really shop around, make sure that you're getting the best rate possible, and and don't get locked into a rate too early in the game. So
3: don't be dishonest. Well, of course, you should not be dishonest. (laughs) I mean, if you're trying to get a mortgage, the worst thing you could do is be lying all over the place on your application. Uh, And if you're talking to someone and you haven't filled out an application, you don't want to be dishonest. You want to disclose to them what it is that's going on so that they can help you. Uh, Lenders do their homework.
2: Oh, they do, all right.
3: Okay, So. so, you know. They're going to find out. And, of course, if I were looking at an application and I found out the person was lying on the application, I really doubt I would hire them. And uh, if they find out you're lying on your mortgage applications, I'm, I'm not saying that they'll never, but I, I would think they would say, well, what else could this person be lying about? Mm-hmm. So I, I think you, you just want to be honest. You want to learn what's important. And what you need to do, and again, you don't want to have a lot of movement, right? When you're yeah, doing a mortgage, don't. stability. Uh,
2: the, the biggest, I guess, um, key. I, I, you want to be prepared. You know, if, if there's any advice that I can give our listeners, is just be prepared. Um, you know, have a lot of knowledge when you're actually looking to purchase a home, and talk to a banker. You know, t- during the early stages of the process, right? That's that's always the best um, advice that I could give, so that you have time. To you know, either figure out what you want to do with your down payment or your closing costs. So, get, just allowing yourself some time is the best solution. So
3: exactly, exactly. Now, I told you that we would talk about a few different things. Say, I just wasn't sure of the time. Let's say, Okay, it's I'm I'm gonna hold mm. off till after um, the news because I think we only have two minutes. But would you like to know? Uh, outlet. I'm going to try to talk about the down payment, okay, and uh, how you can get it or how you can save up to it for it. I'm also going to try to talk a little about should you help your adult child with a down payment for a home. Hmm. Uh, you know, that's the bank of mom and dad. Bank of it's mom a and great. Dad. Should you? Oh, it always has good rates. Usually, yeah,
2: amazing okay. rates.
3: Yeah, amazing. So we're gonna talk a little about that and we're going to talk about saving for a down payment and how to do that. And um, if you're a parent, should you help your adult child with a down payment? Okay. Another I and, and let's do you want, does anyone know how to sing here, Jerry, can you sing?
4: I, I wouldn't I wouldn't do that. I would that, like that. to you, you, end
3: you, the <laughs> <laughs> I, I the would the like to end uh, the the 10th hour going to the 11th Before the news with a little Irish song that's playing in the background but it's not loud So anyone want to There we can go
4: here? Isn't that beautiful What's oh, better than Irish music really
3: Well okay Nothing. So we're going to be scared. right back 866 With how to save for a down payment Should you help your child with a down payment And then an interesting topic Do you put a lot of money down Or is it better to put less money down There's two schools of thoughts on that. Do we put a larger down payment if we have it or less?